it's all perfect. Whatever happened in your life to whatever you created to get to whatever point you are sitting here today, having this conversation or listening to this conversation, that's all beautiful. And the only direction is learning, healing, and growing, moving forward. Um, there is no possibility of failure. There's just moving forward until you stop moving forward. So you have this life. What are you going to do with it? And what do you do with whatever time you have left, whether that's a day or 50 years? What do you want to do with that remaining time? Hey, midlifers. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Hey there, welcome back to the show. It is Thursday, September 14th, and I have a super duper groovy show for you today. On Monday's episode, I mentioned how I am always looking for solutions to your problems. And even if you don't have any problems in your life right now, good for you. I'm always looking for ways to make your life better, to help you grow, and to become your greatest self. The cool thing is that I don't have to look very far. If you think about it, there are tons of different methods available to us now in the year 2023 on how to be happy. Tons. There definitely isn't a shortage of self-help books, online courses, retreats, workshops, therapists, apps for your phone, coaching programs, podcasts, hello, documentaries, positive posts on Pinterest, or inspiring reels on Instagram, my reels included. There is motivation everywhere, literally right at your fingertips. As we evolve in this day and age, we are also discovering more creative and innovative methods on how to heal from anxiety, depression, PTSD, addiction, trauma, and other emotional issues. Sometimes these groundbreaking treatments can seem a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But, big but, if you can be curious to learn more about these modern methods, you might find that one of these new treatments is the key you needed to heal from your pain and suffering. I know it was for me. On today's episode, you will learn about one of these newer methods of healing. I'll admit that years ago, when I heard about it, I thought it was a little strange. <laughs> but 
big but. I came at it with an open mind and soon discovered it was the key I needed to unlock my higher self. It brought Wendy back to life, and I am so grateful for that. If you are struggling in your life right now, then this might be the solution for you. Or maybe you know of someone, midlife or not, who desperately needs to break free from anxiety, depression, or addiction. Maybe they have tried everything under the sun and they can't seem to get better. This could be the key to their peace and happiness. As a matter of fact, when I watched the video of today's interview, I thought about my brother. As many of you know, my brother died at the age of 49 from addiction. He suffered from addiction for pretty much his entire life, and seeing him suffer was awful to witness, which was even the cause of my own suffering. I wonder if he had explored some of these newer treatments, if he'd still be alive today. I'm going to try not to cry. Uh, we will never know, of course. There is still an opportunity, though, to save other people's lives, and I'm hoping today's episode can do just that. I won't have you wait much longer to hear what changed my life or what can change your life, too. Enjoy the show. Everyone, welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. We're going to make over your life today. I have a feeling. I hope. It's always my hope. Uh, actually, my guest is going to help you make over your life. Oh, yeah. Uh, our guest today is Matt Zeman. He is a dedicated explorer of the inner world. I just love that. And a passionate advocate for the thoughtful and responsible use of psychedelics. Booyah! With a Master of Science in Psychology and Neuroscience of Mental Health with honors, oh my gosh, from King's College London, Matt has studied the effects of psychedelics on the mind and the potential for those experiences to serve as a catalyst for positive transformations. His work in this field is motivated by a profound desire to help people navigate the sometimes challenging terrain of the psychedelic experience and emerge from it with a deeper sense of purpose, connection, and understanding. Here's my favorite part, which is something I can definitely vouch for, to reclaim their true self. Yes. Matt, welcome to the show. Wendy, it is good to be here. I don't understand how we both got to a midlife to even have this conversation. I know, right? But it's yeah. the best time. Best time. It is the it. best time. You know, it's funny. This morning, I was thinking about like with interviewing today and psychedelics. It's all the craze these days, but it's not the craze that we think, which is what I want to really break down for people. Because if you're suffering from, let's see, anxiety, depression, addiction, PTSD, all of that, psychedelics can help with all of that, which is what I really want to tell everyone about today, how it works, why it works, uh, how, how the whole process works. And then I'll even share my personal story. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. That good. Yeah. So tell everyone a little bit more about how you got to go about studying all of this and in your book too. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to do that. I mean, we, so the show is about midlife, uh, finding new chapters as we, as we pass this midlife mark. So I guess I was, I don't know, 46 and some friends had invited me to have a guided psychedelic experience. And I was not a 
not a drug user, um, not a not even a big drinker. I was like, no, I don't think so. And they said, no, you you definitely want to do this. And then they explained that uh, it's it's I love to travel, and uh, this is like taking a big trip in my mind, and I love to study and learn. And here's a, an opportunity to learn about myself. So I agreed, and I did it. And um, in that first journey with uh, psilocybin mm-hmm. or magic mushrooms. Um, I reconnected with my mom who died when I was 22. She was 49 and just couldn't believe, um, couldn't believe to ha- the opportunity to have that interaction. Mm-hmm. I realized that I was feeling so incredibly safe and loved in the journey. Mm-hmm. But then like the next moment I realized, wow, I don't feel safe and loved in my everyday life. Mm-hmm. And what's going on with that? Hmm. Um, and there was kind of insight after insight. And, and um, I just, I wanted to learn more. So shortly after that first journey, I went back to school um, and, and started traveling and experiencing different compounds and uh, seeing how they made me feel and, and how they made me think. And it's completely changed the way I look and interact with the world. Had you realized that before you did that experience, that that was like a, a limiting belief or something that was lacking in your life, that love, or is it, did, was that the, was the light bulb moment in that? The light that bulb moment. Yeah, absolutely. In the experience. Um, and so there's that light bulb moment. And there's also for me a, a spiritual connection, which I, after my mom died, I didn't believe in God at all. I was like, ah, this, this isn't, yeah, who would allow this to happen? And in that same psychedelic journey, it's like, okay, I can see how there is a higher power and a bigger connection and the interconnectedness of all things in a way that I never saw before. Um, so that has become really a big piece of, of the work I do today is this is these spiritual connections this, uh, that occur with what, however you define your higher power, but that occur with the, with the help of these entheogens or psychedelic substances. Really takes you to a deeper level. It absolutely does. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it can. Yeah. I I learned about it a little bit when I watched uh, the documentary Fantastic Fungi. Mm-hmm. Sure, with Paul Stanley. Yeah, great, great documentary. Fantastic. And towards the end of it, they were talking about ketamine. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is ketamine? And then also I shared with you earlier uh, the other documentary, How to Change Your Mind which is also excellent. I think it dives in a little bit more and more of the details of each different one. So I'm going to, we'll just pretend that everyone out there knows zero, absolutely nothing about psychedelics. So it'll make it easier for us. So what are the different types of psychedelics? Yes. I mean, there, there are literally hundreds of psychedelics Mm -hmm. out there, but the, the most common ones that we've heard of, or that maybe you've heard of are, are magic mushrooms, LSD, ayahuasca, Ibogaine, ketamine, um, DMT, 5-MeO DMT or Bufo is, is getting up. Uh, Ted Lasso had had some references to that one in, in their uh, last season. Yeah. Um, those are the ones that most people, and then of course ketamine. And then those are the things most people are talking about. Ketamine is our only legal psychedelic here in America in all 50 states. Mm. Hmm. Um, it's actually a disassociative anesthetic that uh, when taking in sub-anesthetic doses allow people to have a... a psychedelic experience for 40 minutes or an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have things like MDMA, which uh, should be re-legalized here in America, maybe the end of this year, beginning of next. Um, and that's had tremendous results with uh, people with post-traumatic stress disorder, specifically treatment-resistant post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, psilocybin or magic mushrooms where the FDA has granted that uh, as breakthrough therapy designation 
and some really well-known schools are uh, are studying it, and uh, the results have been pretty pretty significant. Now, you said you've had some ketamine experience. How, what has I that experience been did, like? Did yeah, I've actually had two. Okay. Um, and I did again. I learned about it when I watched the documentary. Uh, fantastic fun guy. Mm-hmm. And for me, like I've I've done therapy. I've done um, oh gosh, what's it called? EMDR, mm-hmm, eye movement desensitization. I can never remember what the R stands for. <laughs> I'm working as well right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I've told, you know, my audience knows a bit of my story, but when I had my midlife meltdown, if you will, I had one loss after another. My dog died, my cat died, my brother died, my marriage died. And in a sense, I felt like I had died. I lost Wendy and I wanted to bring her back to life, basically. And when I was trying to rebuild my life uh, in my mid-40s, and I decided I was going to take off in an RV by myself and start my own show. And I felt there was one thing that was standing in my way. And I knew what that one thing was, and it was me. And I I couldn't quite figure out, even with all the work I had done and the books I had read, I just felt like there was one little piece that I could not quite get to. And when I heard about ketamine and I, you know, I researched, I made sure I was, I'll be honest with you, I was a little nervous about it and a little scared. I was like, oh my God, what if like I totally lose control or what's going to happen? And I got connected uh, with a psychologist and a guide at 10,000 Waves in Santa okay, Fe, New sure, Mexico. Of course. Yeah, yep. beautiful. What a great property. Doing... Yes, they are. I, I believe they are. Are they? Um, so, yeah. And yeah. amazing. And I, for beautiful. me, it was important that I felt safe mm-hmm. and that I did feel guided and I felt secure. And they did such an awesome job. And so that actually was my first destination, if you will, on my That's... solo RV journey across the country. What a great and... place to start. Yeah, I know, right? And and it was a gift to me. It sounds really corny, but it was a gift to my soul. And I thought, you know what? Here, here I am. You know, at the time, I was like, I'm almost 50. I'm like, I'm so over this. Like these crappy limiting beliefs that are just fully ingrained in my brain. Like I've done meditation. I've done it all. I'm like, what is it? So then I, it was like two or three days worth of kind of like preparing for it, relaxing. And by the time I did get to it, I felt so relaxed, so ready. I'm like, let's do this. And I'll tell you what, when I came out of that, I felt like a completely, I felt more like Wendy, actually. I felt like everything that I had feared had just fallen away. And I felt like I had this nice, clean slate, like, all right, I'm not holding myself back anymore. Cause I mean, I feel like that's really what it is. We hold ourselves back. We'd like to blame others. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> but yeah, it was quite an amazing experience and much different than I thought thought it would be. That uh, so much of what you say resonates. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all hold, we, we're all responsible for our own lives. So um, yes. there is yep. no, we're feeling emotions. That's not, in someone else, it's in ourselves, and then right. trying to figure out what that is. So I love love what you're saying there. Yeah, um, I, I was going to say yeah, too. Me, those, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, no, no, I was no. going to say too that one of the things that I had suffered from after, because I had witnessed my brother dying, and mm-hmm. it was pretty traumatic, obviously. 
So I did have some panic attacks that I was suffering from throughout like mm. the previous couple of years. They would just come on all of a sudden, um, a little bit of anxiety. And so that was really important to me that I get rid of it because I it was holding me back. I, it's kind of hard, obviously, to move on in your daily life when if you're still having like flashbacks and nightmares and things like that. So that has been gone. Ever since it that did. Day. It worked right away. One, one, one treatment. One okay. treatment. Yeah. And then I think too, uh, the most important thing, as you know, and which I want you to tell them more about the neuroplasticity, the rewiring mm-hmm. of the brain that takes place even weeks after the treatment. So it was critical that I kind of stay in this good state of mind. And I had a great guide and the psychologist that helped me even after the treatment to make sure, make sure that this sticks. Like we want this to stick. I didn't want just like what I call like a hot tub experience. Like, ooh, you get in, this feels good. You get back out and you're like, oh, okay, (laughs) done. So yeah, tell everyone a little bit more about the actual, the neuroscience and neuroplasticity of it. Yeah, so ketamine does a number of things to your your brain. The first thing it does is it quiets down the default mode network where that inner narrator that's kind of always telling us we're not good enough or we have to do more. Um, it turns that off. And many people, including myself, when when you take ketamine, you feel like the anxiety has just been lifted. And that's an incredible feeling because it, it almost, at least for me, Wendy, I'm curious how you felt. Um, I don't think I realized how much anxiety I was carrying until it's lifted. And I was yeah. like, oh, wow, that I feels know. great. Yeah. So it's amazing. Just, just relieving of the worry. And I was mm-hmm. a chronic worrier. I wanted to be a warrior, warrior, <laughs> warrior, warrior in my life. A warrior. That's interesting. Um, yeah. The second thing no. it does is it allows mm-hmm. um, neurons to, sh- to fire together that haven't fired together in years. So the analogy I always give is, is imagine that you're, uh, you're skiing down a mountain. And as we get older, we keep skiing on the same track over and over and over. The, the track gets deeper and deeper and deeper. The point of that's the only track we ski on. When we take this psychedelic, it throws a fresh coat of powder on the mountain and we can ski all over it again like we did when we were kids. And it's like those uh, those neurons firing together. It's, it's remembrance of, of different ways of thinking. We don't have to think the way we've been thinking. And yes. that's incredibly freeing. Yeah. And thoughts do become things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, thoughts really make up a lot of who we are and and changing your thoughts really can change your world. But sometimes, yeah, like you said, like they're so fully ingrained in your brain that it's hard to get unstuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that's where, so I always tell people, look, psychedelics aren't a cure for anything. There's no right. magic pill in a psychedelic mm-hmm. than any other pill that's out there, but they are as a catalyst though. Yes. They give you a little glimpse of what's possible. Yeah. And then as you were talking about, Wendy, with the, with the neuroplasticity, as you emerge from the psychedelic experience, your brain is in a in a very neuroplastic um, mm-hmm. uh, state. And many, if you have a good integrator, in your case, it sounds like you had both a guide and a psychologist. If you have somebody who can help you cement your ideas or come up with a plan of how you're going to move forward um, and take advantage of that plasticity, it's yeah. incredible. Uh, and and what, what I've seen time and time again is people really have profound behavioral and lifestyle changes following psychedelic. What's interesting about yours, and again, just for your listeners who don't know a lot about ketamine, mm. what you did is not the norm. What most people do with ketamine is they're going to do four to six sessions within about six weeks. Mm-hmm. And then after that initial dosing of all of those sessions combined, 
they're then put on to either, maybe they don't need ketamine again. Maybe it's mm-hmm. once a quarter, maybe it's once a month. It just depends on the person and what, what brought them to the, uh, to the medicine. Yeah. But, um, but, but some people, and you being one of them can have one experience and can really change their, uh, make a huge difference in their lives. So I'm, I'm yeah. super happy that that, that happened for you. I know me too. And you know what, even leading up to it, I did a lot of journaling and mm-hmm. set a lot of intentions. So I went into it with this intention of I'm going to set Wendy free. I'm going to relieve myself of all this worry and the pain and the suffering and mm. and the anxiety and the PTSD, all of that. And I think that's important too, no matter what, you know, experience you choose, which I want to talk about that. How do you how do you know which is the right one? We'll stick with this for just a moment, then we can absolutely mm. go to the, the right one. But so I have, I have a journal out there called Beyond the Trip. And um, in the journal, it starts with a section on preparation, which is all about documenting what are your intentions? Why are you choosing now to do a psychedelic? What do you want out of this? And, and it helps you write it down, maybe gather your resources. Who can you go to to, to talk about these things? Um, it then moves into the actual journeys themselves, and it has different um, exercises for kind of right when you're coming out of the journey to quickly document what did you see so you don't forget it. And then it goes into kind of four weeks of homework with an activity each week um, that asks you, okay, when this came up, how did it make you feel about whatever that is? And it does those activities while doing gratitude journaling so that you're you're kind of retraining your mind on the positive. Yeah. But that preparation and integration. Um, at least the research says, if you want the optimal effects from a psychedelic, mm-hmm. spend time in preparation and spend time on uh, on integration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's critical, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you've got. I mean, your 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 big big ones are the ayahuasca, the ketamine, the what are the others? Psilocybin you, mushrooms. Psilocybin. So if you're asking, like, how do you choose? How do you choose? Yeah, how do you know? I think. I think there's different ways that people want to meet these different psychedelics. So mm-hmm. some people want a medical model um, mm-hmm. and they want to be met in a, in a clinic with a doctor prescribing it. And ketamine is a great option for those people. Yeah. Um, similarly, if you're on an antidepressant, ketamine, you can take. It's, it's, it's a glutamate system versus like serotonin. So um, mm-hmm. you can take. So, so that gives an option to a lot of people who want the medical model. Others say, mm, I'm doing this more for spiritual purposes. I want to connect mm-hmm. with a higher power. And they're more looking at um, at the religious ceremonies that are happening across the country in, in over 200 psychedelic churches. Mm-hmm. Most of them or many of them will either serve psilocybin or magic mushrooms. They'll serve ayahuasca. They'll serve mescaline um, or huachuma or San Pedro. It's all the same thing. Um trying to think what else here. They will serve uh, MDMA or MDA. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many cases, DMT or BUFO, 5-MeO-DMT. Mm-hmm. How do you choose the right one for you? It's very personal. We, um, in the space, we kind of say, you're, you're, you're called to some medicine. Something hits your awareness <laughs> and maybe it's ayahuasca. And it's like, okay, I need to go do an ayahuasca retreat. Then go do an ayahuasca retreat. For others, yeah. it's like, keep hearing about magic mushrooms and they look beautiful and sound beautiful. Then do a mushroom retreat. There's no right or wrong way um, other than there are certainly um, drug interactions and, right. um, and backgrounds of certain people that don't make them necessarily a great candidate for a psychedelic. So for example, if you have schizophrenia, it's, you're not, it's not great to do a, a, a psychedelic experience. If you have bipolar, 
researchers typically will exclude you. But in the ceremonial space and in many communities, bipolar, as long as you're not in a manic state, is not an automatic exclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're taking a certain, uh, certain different drugs, um, being aware of which, which psychedelic you're taking is, is super important. I always recommend people go to thespiritpharmacist.com um, mm-hmm. and have, uh, have Dr. Ben Malcolm do a consult and look at your, mm-hmm. your specific medical history um, talk to him about what you're thinking about doing. He's a PharmD and a specialist in a psychedelic pharmacology, and he does consults all over the country. So uh, talk to him about your specific needs, your specific, what you're thinking about, and let him give you some guidance on whether what you're picking is relatively safe or mm. not a great idea. Yeah. And, and tell us about your book. What is it? Psychedelics for everyone? Psychedelics for everyone. Yeah. So I certainly yeah. don't mean everyone should take a psychedelic, but I do <laughs> want people to read this book and decide, well, okay, maybe this is good for me. Maybe yeah. it's good for someone I love, or maybe it's just going to impact how I vote in the next election. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing that. We're seeing states like Colorado and Oregon uh, decriminalizing some psychedelics, creating a legal medical framework. Um, we're seeing cities do it. Washington, D.C., Ann Arbor, Michigan, Detroit, yeah. Michigan. Um, decriminalizing psychedelics. So it's, it's super important information. And what I do in the book is I, uh, I tell some personal stories. Mm. I then kind of give an, I bring in experts to give an overview of the psychedelic industry and uh, the ways people think about psychedelics. And then different experts for many of the different, most common um, psychedelics. I also mm. then bring in medical experts on top of the other experts to review them for accuracy um, and, and I put a full bibliography, but it's written for people who are not scientific. Um, cause that's oh, when I, that's great. Yeah. When I, I came that. out yes. of this, I was like, I can't <laughs> that read would be this. Me. <laughs> exactly. That was me. Like, I don't know what I'm reading and I, but I want to understand that this is real and I want to understand that this is something I can trust. And I really try to put that together with this book. So I think the experts brought, the writers are amazing. Um, and the, uh, the medical experts are great. Yeah. And I think too, it's like, uh, you know, if it's calling, to you, if it's calling mm-hmm. for you, then it's something to be curious about and to entertain doing that if that's something that you need in order to to really live life fully. I think so. I mean, people get people say, "Well, is this safe?" And I don't love that right. word because you know. all drugs, all aspirin, yeah, um, every type of drug has as a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talk a lot about relative risk. So, so this, this is an easy way to explain this, I think. Dr. David Nutt out of uh, Imperial College London said, let's forget about how drugs are scheduled and just look at the danger of self, uh, harm to self and harm to others, the different drugs. Mm-hmm. The most dangerous drug in his chart, it's like a 73, was alcohol. Mm. Um, heroin's like a 55. Crack cocaine's like a 54 for perspective. Alcohol is, does serious harm to yourself and serious harm to others. On the far end of his chart are mushrooms. It's like a six. LSD is a seven. MDMA is like a nine. So are there risks wow. associated? Absolutely. But yeah. relatively, these, these have lower risks. And when we talk about, um, so a lot of people these days are looking at ketamine compared to antidepressants. Mm-hmm. The, if you're taking an antidepressant, they work for you. That's amazing. Great. If they right. don't work for you, you're not alone. They only work in like 40% of the population. So it's not right. you failing the medicine, it's the medicine failing you. Mm-hmm. On top of that, the side effect profile is significant. The, uh, the, the price tag's high. 
Um, the example I often give is sexual dysfunction. Like 73% of people on mm. some of these antidepressants have some type of sexual dysfunction. That's a huge percentage. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not believing that it's really explained to people before they get prescribed the antidepressant and then, and then really not any path to get off of an antidepressant, right. which is never yep. meant to be a decades long solution. Yes. It's just temporary. Mm-hmm. And that's what's nice too. I mean, I, like you were talking about with the ketamine, having four to six sessions. To me, that I would rather have that than, okay, you've got to take this for a few years or your entire life in order to just feel normal. Yeah. Or to, yeah. Exactly. There's, we don't spend time on the, uh, on getting to the root. We are, we are very right. good at numbing. Um, Oh yeah, and, and trying to normalize people, but we're yep. not um, we're not great about getting to the root. And psychedelics allows you, the listener, the individual, to remember who you are—that you are loved, that you are enough, that you are beautiful—and you don't need mm-hmm. permission from anybody to no. be those things. Exactly, and that's that's a very different feeling. Yeah, when I was watching that documentary, um, "How to Change Your Mind." Mm-hmm. And there was a patient on there. She was probably, I think she was in her 80s and she had, had been diagnosed with cancer and she was a Catholic. She, she looked like you're just like your typical little grandma, you know, mm-hmm. not someone that you would think would do mushrooms, right? But she had said, you know, she's like, listen, I've got to do this for me. Like, I want to feel at peace. And I think that's like the biggest thing. If there's one word to describe, it's peace. It's just to feel that peace with yourself while you're living and when you move on. And that was that was what she was desiring. And she's like, I got to do this for me. She's like, it doesn't matter what the what the church thinks or my family thinks. Like, this is my life. And this work on a on terminal patients is just yes. beautiful. So that's again, a lot of us listening yeah. to this show are in our midlives. We have parents yeah. who are getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something we're dealing with. So Johns Hopkins is doing multiple studies on uh, on terminal patients using psychedelics. So it's fascinating. It doesn't change the prognosis. It doesn't change that they're going to die. Right. What it changes is how they experience this last chapter. What it changes is how they experience the relationship with their children and their grandchildren in this last chapter. And then I'll take it a step further and say, I think it's not only beautiful for the person in the active state of dying to take the psychedelic. I think it's amazing for the family to take a psychedelic during the same process and have this combined experience. So again, I'm not telling anybody to do anything. And I think it's beautiful when people choose to do that. The thing is now there's so many alternatives. There's so many different ways which I love that it's like somebody like you that has done this research, you're, you're providing those different ways that we can feel better and be better. And just like I said, like you didn't even know some of the issues that you had before you even went into the experience. And I don't know the issues. Yeah. Coming, I mean, multiple experiences over many, many years now, every, yeah. every experience is different with a psychedelic yeah. and every experience mm-hmm. we talk about the medicine is something to show you. And I've seen blind spot yeah. after blind spot revealed during this these journeys. Um, I don't believe it's a one and done for for many of us thing. I think it's something that can be a part of part of your life as a way to continue to explore your inner self and yeah. and and the the different masks that we put on um, and the different choices we make. Many of which are not for us; they're for our parents, or they're for yeah. our spouses, or they're for our children. 
but are they necessary for us? I think psychedelics yeah. gives us what an opportunity to explore those things. Yeah. I mean, you think too, again, you know, we're all here at midlife, right? Mm-hmm. And the things that have held us back in, in our lives. And it's nice to be able to get unstuck from those things so that you can move on and and really be the person that you that you truly are. And I always like there's that quote of what will you do with your one wild and precious life? And like, this is it. You know, it's like, and and it's never too late. It's never too late to go ahead and rewire <laughs> that stubborn brain that we have. Yeah, it goes so far. That What's that? I'd go so far as to say that it's all perfect. Whatever yeah. happened in your life, to whatever you created to get yeah. to whatever point you are sitting here today, having this conversation or listening to this conversation, that's all beautiful. Right. And the only direction is learning, healing, and growing, moving forward. Yeah. Um, there is no possibility of failure. There's mm-hmm. just moving forward until you stop moving forward. Yeah. So you have this life. What are you going to do with it? And what do you do with whatever time you have left, whether that's a day or 50 years, what do you want to do with that remaining time? And I think psychedelics really helps you remember that, okay, I'm in control. I don't need to hand my agency over to anybody else. I'm in control. It's my life. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, um, I was just thinking back about my experience Mm -hmm. uh, with ketamine and what I feared the most was I was like, oh my God, what if I, if it's just like, like one big nightmare and it's so scary and dark mm-hmm. and creepy and, and, and I'll feel out of control. That's what mm-hmm. I was nervous about. And sure enough, I got what I asked for. <laughs> as soon as I went into it, it just went completely black and it's hard to even describe what it looked like. But the cool thing was, and you know, there's, it, there's no time when you're in mm-hmm. the whole experience. You don't know. It's like, is this lasting five seconds or five minutes or five hours or five days? I have no idea. But what was really interesting is that I kind of fell into this dark world. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden something clicked. Like, you don't have to stay in this dark space. You can get out of it if you want to. I was like, oh, well, then I'll just do that. <laughs> As basically, I painted the new picture while I'm in this experience. And what that taught me was, is that I have control and that I don't have to stay in anything that does not serve me well, that I don't like, like, I'll just change it. Cool. I'll just change my life. I'll change my habits, my behaviors, whatever that is, my thoughts, my my relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful that you you were able to do that. It's it's uh, we talk a lot about how when you're in a non ordinary state of consciousness and something yeah. appears that you don't like, that's okay. Ask yep. it what it's here to teach you, or yeah. say, I need to. I don't want to do this right now. I'll take something else. And yeah. uh, and and but what you can't do is run away from it. Exactly um, right. It'll keep yeah it'll staring at you. you. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It's very, the whole experience is very empowering, I feel. Mm-hmm. It and can yeah. be. I mean, it sounds like you did mm-hmm. it, but you did it really. Yes, it can be absolutely empowering. But you mm-hmm. watched, we talked about source, set, and setting. So you knew your source of your medicine was pharma, pharmacolo- or pharmacological grade mm-hmm. um, uh, ketamine. Yep. You knew that your mindset, you had prepared, you knew how long you were taking it, you knew where you were. 
Um, you were given an informed consent document at that particular um, uh, institution. And then your setting, you had a controlled environment with, I believe, music, and you had mm -hmm. no interruptions and no children and no dogs and no doorbells and no phones and no loud music. You had control. And when people control source, set, and setting and take responsibility and, and, and uh, intention, put an intention and attention to those things, yeah, yeah, they can have really, really profound experiences. Yeah, um, It can be challenging, and it yeah. can, but it can also be, um, I mean, again, Johns Hopkins, it's most people, they put this in the top five or 10 things that's ever happened to them in their entire lives. And I certainly would put it in the top five, if not the top one. Yep. And me as well. Yeah, it's uh, it was quite a beautiful experience and transformative. And that was my goal was for it to change me. And it did. Yeah. Sounds like it. And Wendy, just again, for your listeners, you, so you did IV ketamine, right? Where they stuck a inter intervenous yep. in your arm. Okay. Yeah. So people um, who are listening, you can take that. You can go into the clinics and do an IV. Mm -hmm. You can also do an intermuscular shot. You can also do a sublingual tablet. You can also do a nasal spray. Yeah, there's other ways, but those are the four most common ways of taking ketamine. Um, and I would encourage you, and I talk about this in my book as well, to regardless of whether you're using an underground provider, sorry, a above ground provider um, with ketamine or an underground provider with mushrooms, you ask the same questions. Yeah. Who's going to be there? How are you going to help me prepare? What are you going to do for me during the session? Who's going to be in the room during the session? What are you going to do for me after the session? It's not right. that there's any necessarily wrong answer. It's mm -hmm. that so you have the information so that then, oh, okay, you're not going to help me prepare and integrate? Great. Then I need to do that. Oh, you're not going to give me music? Then I need to bring a soundtrack. Oh, you're, there's going to be 20 people in the room? Okay, I need to be prepared for that. There's going to be one person in the room. I need to be prepared for that. So it's no wrong answers, just, um, and sorry, and, 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 uh, and what are you going to do in case something goes wrong? Um, yes, exactly. Right. Right. And what's your plan? Yeah. And I think that, you know, doing an experience like that, it is important to feel safe. I mean, it mm -hmm. was for me, but like you said, like that, this is what I needed. And so I made sure that that was all set up. So, so people aren't like having to Google, Google, like do tons of Googling. What is there besides your book, or maybe it is your book. Is there just one spot where you can go, okay, I let's say someone out there is listening and they're in Oklahoma. And how do I find how to do this and what to do and et cetera, et cetera? Yes, I'm a huge fan of educating yourself first. So whether it's my book, which is Psychedelics for Everyone, or whether you, you reference Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind, mm. I think those are two great places to start. Yeah. Um, and if you don't want to read um, the How to Change Your Mind, it's a four-part series on Netflix, gives you mm. kind of four hours of introduction in a super easy way to digest. Yeah. Um, and then from there, if you're looking for ketamine, you'd Google ketamine providers near me and, and bring in your questions. If you're looking to do psychedelic tourism, you can look at, at uh, the, the Netherlands, uh, Bahamas, Jamaica, Costa Rica, Peru. Um, um, and then if you're looking at psychedelic churches, you can Google those as well and you can ask around. Um, I'm also, I, 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 I'll tell for your listeners, if they have questions, I'm very accessible. I, I, my goal is to provide information so they can go to mattzeman.com. They can put in a question to me and I absolutely will respond. Um, in many cases, I even set up a time to talk with them. No charge. It's just, I'm just trying to provide information for, to help people have as a, as risk reduced and optimal of an experience as possible. 
Yeah, you're so awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, yes. Wendy. You're awesome too. <laughs> I, I'm so glad your friends invited you over for that. I mean, that cool though. Oh, it changed my changed my life. Yeah. 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 Good Amazing. for you. And hopefully I want to see your Netflix series someday. There we go. Someday. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I discovered during my uh whole journey was uh that I should be a stand-up comedian. So there you that's go. My, that's I can next believe that. You do you'd have a lot of energy and you're funny. So I can see both those things. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much. So yeah, so mattzeman.com, Z-E-M-O-N.com. Yep. Yep. And then you're also on Instagram. Instagram, LinkedIn, and then the book Psychedelics yeah. for Everyone. You can get that anywhere books are sold. There's a, there's an audible on that where I read the parts that, that I wrote and uh, a, a woman uh, narrator reads all the parts that women wrote. Um, Ooh, and then I beyond, gotta listen to that. It's a great, it's fun. It's fun. And then uh, Beyond the Trip is a... Uh, if you're if you already have a plan and you're looking for a journal to help with that plan, that's a great solution, um, and that's also available on uh, on Amazon. Beyond the trip, what a great book title! Oh, thank you. Appreciate yeah, that. beyond the trip, and it is a trip. It is great it trips, is. and there's things <laughs> that you do beyond the trip, before and after. Uh, thank you so much, Matt. Wendy, I appreciate you having me on. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, there are literally hundreds of psychedelics out there, but the most common ones that we've heard are magic mushrooms, LSD, ayahuasca, ibogaine, ketamine, DMT, 5-MeO-DMT, or BUFO, I think is how you say it. Uh, interesting little side note here. I just Googled that last one, Bufo, and apparently it comes from a froggy ribbit ribbit. But hey, if it works, it works, right? Number two, ketamine is our only lethal psychedelic here in America in all 50 states. It's actually a disassociative anesthetic that when taken in sub-anesthetic doses allows people to have a psychedelic experience for 40 minutes or an hour. Number three, ketamine does a number of things to your brain. First thing it does is quiet down the default mode network or that inner narrator that's always telling us we're not good enough or we have to do more. Uh, it turns that voice off. The second thing it does is it allows neurons to fire together that haven't fired together in years. You don't have to think the way you've been thinking, and that's incredibly freeing. Number four, the research says if you want the optimal effects from a psychedelic, spend time in preparation and spend time on integration. A great way to do this is by getting Matt's journal beyond the trip. Number five, go to thespiritpharmacist.com and have Dr. Ben Malcolm do a consult to look at your specific medical history, your specific needs, and let him give you some guidance on the right psychedelic for you. That is great advice. Number six, if psychedelics is calling to you, if it's calling for you, ring, ring, then it's something to be curious about and to entertain doing a psychedelic treatment so you can live your life fully. Number seven, we are very good at numbing, are we not? And trying to normalize people, but we're not great about getting to the root. And psychedelics allows you to remember who you are, that you are loved, that you are enough, that you are beautiful, and that you don't need permission from anybody 
to be those things. Very well said, Matt. Number eight, if you are considering doing psychedelic treatment, make sure you ask these questions. How are you going to help me prepare? What are you going to do for me during the session? Who's going to be in the room during the session? What are you going to do for me after the session? What are you going to do in case something goes wrong? Those are great questions. And this was a great interview. I hope you found this helpful and you learned a lot from Matt's story, my story, and Matt's wisdom about psychedelics. Make sure you get a copy of Psychedelics for Everyone and the Beyond the Trip Journal at mattzeman.com. That is Z-E-M-O-N.com. Reach out to Matt if you have more questions, and y'all probably know that I'm an open book, so feel free to reach out to me if you have questions. I'm always here to help. All right. I love you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I will chat with you on Monday. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, Share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.